start the week with Tim and Damo on the Unmade Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Damien Francis. And I'm Tim Burrows. Today, Qantas issues its weekly apology. A new owner for Cars Guide and Gumtree. What's ahead in a massive week for media? Unmade. Morning, Damo. How was your weekend? Good, good, Tim. I've actually made it onto the podcast, so it was already far more promising than the the weekend b- before that. Uh, so I can't complain. Sunshine and no one in ER. Yes, no, no family health dramas this week then. No, no dramas that escalated rather quickly uh, last week from uh, a relatively standard uh, medical visit to a, an emergency trip in the ambulance. Not for me, uh, unfortunately, for my wife, which. Uh, is, is probably worse when it's not you and you don't sort of have any control over that whatsoever. But uh, good outcomes all around, so can't complain. And a, and a big uh, nod and thank you to the, the health workers and emergency workers over at uh, Hornsby Hospital, our local. We've got, I'm sure we've got, a. if there was a loyalty program there, we would be getting some free operations by now. We've frequented uh, Hornsby Hospital ER a number of times in in the recent past for various members but uh, that was my weekend Tim how about you oh hey look I've had a little bit of traveling uh, my apologies if you get a little bit of runway noise as we're chatting I'm I'm in Sydney as we speak I just dashed in for a a quick meeting before heading back to uh, Tasmania later today. So having had the joys of the uh, the Hobart Wine Festival on a very wintry night on Saturday night, yeah, trick, a quick trip into, into, into Sydney. And guess what? In the space of probably more than a year and a lot of travel, I had my first on-time flight yesterday night. And guess what? I also had my first non-Qantas flight. So, look, it could just be bad luck because I think the the, the stats suggest that Virgin's on-time problems are just as bad as Qantas's. But, yes, I got I, I, I actually switched my allegiances to Virgin yesterday and um, was rewarded with an on-time flight for once. Well, that's a probably a, a really good segue into the, the first topic of the morning, Tim, because uh, very recently, Alan Joyce has uh, issued a uh, rather detailed uh, apology, as well as $50 vouchers for uh, frequent flyers and, and more status extensions. Uh, you're probably one of the best people positioned to tell us a bit more about what's actually happening there and, and how serious this is for Qantas. Yeah, so today's development, actually I think it was last night's development, is um, Qantas is trying to do a little bit more to to own its reputational issue, which, you know, it's not like nothing was happening in that respect, but it, it, it just didn't seem to be cutting through. So this latest round of apologies is Alan Joyce himself is fronting it this time, um, as you say, there are these $50 discounts and we'll we'll have to see whether uh, flights magically go up by $50 in price at the moment because they are pretty expensive at the moment, along with yet another round of um, extensions of status. So, you know, I was just looking at mine. I think I'm, I'm now good until October 2023. You know, I, I, I will 
you know, have the status I've got without having to take another flight, which is pretty much the same for most um, frequent flyers, which obviously is a way of trying to fend off the likes of um, Virgin p- picking people off. And, you know, I, I, I one of the things I, I, I thought was interesting um, over the weekend, which, which was the day before this announcement, was... Uh, the Chanticleer column in the Australian Financial Review, which is written by Tony Boyd, he actually pulled in some data, which is amongst the first actual data I've seen, and I have been keeping an eye out for it, on what Qantas's reputation is actually doing. You know, is this having any sort of impact on the metrics? Because, you know, there is an argument, everyone moans now, and then Qantas will bounce back when the time comes. Um so a couple of pieces of data that um, Chanticleer had managed to winkle out. One is uh, RepTrack, which um, tracks sort of, you know, ranks uh, reputations. Now, in RepTrack, Qantas had previously been up at number five, and now it's fallen right away to number 16, which is a big drop from five to 16. Um, so that was one piece of data and then the other piece of data we pointed to was uh, one of the regular Roy Morgan research trackers um, which which also found that um, trust in Qantas was uh, was falling as well so you know that that's the issue is whereas things like when they had the fleet grounding a few years back um, that was a relatively short period of time and the reputation bounced back. But because this has dragged on so long, and I guess been experienced at first hand by so many people, um, it, it, you know, maybe the brand is being a, a little bit less resilient this time, which of course is this, you know, front foot thing that's going on. Although I notice maybe they're still not getting the communications right, even this morning as we were recording. You know, I had the first hour of... Um, ABC News Breakfast on, and they were they were you know they were talking about the issue, um, but they are also making the point that um, uh, Alan Joyce wouldn't come on the show and talk about it, and they were actually talking about how this was bad communications. So, um, and they they made that point more than once in different breaks as well about him not coming out. So, um, yeah, they're not they're not there yet. Yeah, that's interesting that you, you mentioned the fleet grounding, which I, I guess was uh, around about a decade ago now. But um, And then you just mentioned Alan Joyce now. And I guess the 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 big sort of, uh, you know, person in the middle of this is Alan Joyce because he has been the CEO of, of Qantas for, I believe, it's about 14 years now, which is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, being reported as the, the currently the longest serving ASX-listed uh, CEO uh, at the moment, which is a, a pretty big achievement, particularly for a company as large uh, as Qantas, as as important to Australia as Qantas. So let's focus on Alan Joyce for a little bit, Tim. His personal brand, which is uh, massive, is this becoming a bit of a liability for Qantas? I think there, there was one big misstep, which was a bit earlier on in their challenges, when he used that phrase that customers were not match fit. Now, that seemed at the time like he was kind of blaming people. Um, 
Now, what he was actually talking about was was legitimate. He was talking about how people just, you know, they've forgotten you need to take your laptop out when you're going through security and things. And that was what he was talking about. And at the time, it was security delays was the issue, which wasn't even on Qantas. So it was a, it was kind of an unforced error. But people remembered that and people, you know, still quote that back. Um, I've got to admit, what I hate a bit, though, is when I see on social media, there's a... There's a kind of slight xenophobia or racism or whatever you want to call it, because he's obviously Irish by background. So that sort of reference to the leprechaun, I just hate. I just think that's so irrelevant to the issue. Uh, and again, you know, there's been reported, you know, eggs thrown at his home in um, in Sydney and that sort of thing, which um, seems completely over the top for um, for you know somebody who is a business person um so yeah um but yeah it's funny because he had seemed untouchable you know he'd been part of the the rise and rise of Qantas but like you know Qantas you know Qantas certainly isn't coming through untarnished and I think neither is he coming up next a new owner for Cars Guide Unmade so this one seemed to come almost out of nowhere, Damo. Um, the Australian Financial Review's Street Talk column. Um, it looks like Cars Guide and Gumtree are going to get a new owner. Yeah, that's right, Tim. Cars Guide and Gumtree look like they're about to be uh, acquired um, by the Market Herald, which uh, owns uh, Hot Copper. Um, now, it's a, it's best known for, for business media. And so this, for them, uh, will be a, a little bit of a step in, into the unknown. Now, it, included in that is also Autotrader, which is a, a relatively small brand in Australia, but overseas, internationally, particularly the American market, uh, is a very well-known brand. Uh, so it looks like they're going to be uh, acquiring this group of, of companies from a Norwegian company, Adavinta, which uh, currently owns uh, the three of them. Uh, it's been months of uh, due diligence, uh, six or, or so months, uh, in fact, uh, and the sale is expected to be worth around about 50 million uh, Australian dollars. Uh, so the group, which is uh, kind of been dubbed, uh, dubbed as CGA uh, by Macquarie Capital, which has been in charge of uh, the sale, uh, it's been touted as having 15 years of history, 220 employees, $100 million in annual revenue and expectations of $9 million standalone profit uh, for FY22. Uh, and it, particularly impressive, it's said to attract one in three Australians every month. Uh, so that's a pretty impressive uh, number. But, you know, what we've, I guess, got to remember is, hey, this is a massive market at the moment for used cars. There's a, a serious supply shortage of new cars. It's led people to purchase used cars uh, where there's a, a good option there. And, and that has put a huge amount of pressure on the used car market. Uh, so it's a it's a very interesting time for classifieds in the in the new and used car space at the moment. Well, that is int- that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that till you made the point, but I wonder if that means they're actually 
paying at the top of the market because, of course, those profit numbers will have been from the booming used car market. So, may you know, at some point, I guess the pendulum switches back a bit as as supply shifts. Um, but it's I know this the automotive space is kind of your your specialist subject. So, who are the main players in that space? Planes and cars, Tim. Planes and cars, anything to do with them? Look, the, the main players uh, in the space drive car sales. Even uh, players like Facebook Marketplace uh, are, are compelling options for used car sales. There are also new options like Karma and Cars24, which is sort of lending a bit of a spin to the the used car market. Um, now, look, Car sales is probably the one that everyone knows uh, the best and is also ASX listed. Now, if you have a look at their performance over the last uh, year, in a pretty tough market where we've seen significant drops, car sales is, uh, I say only, but only dropped 11.79%, which comparatively speaking is a pretty uh, solid performance. So there's definitely a bit of life left in, in the used car market. And I think to your point there, Tim, about the, the the supply and demand at, at the moment, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight to the, the supply issues, which probably leaves the market herald in a relatively comfortable position to be making uh, a play for, for this group of businesses without seeing it as, as too much of a risk. And then uh, Nine obviously have their own play as well. Yeah, that's it. Nine have their own play as well. That's Drive, uh, which uh, recently took over car advice uh, as well. Uh, So they're already in the market and it's looking set to become a a, a pretty big fight over the year. But uh, look, let's not forget as well that uh, Cars Cars Guide in particular used to uh, be part owned by News Corp. Um, and so in 2016, that was uh, bought out by Cox Automotive, again, a massive US player. Uh, and that's when Auto Trader came into the market in 2018 because Cox Automotive had, had pushed that into the Australian market. But it didn't seem to last long because uh, by May 2020, that uh, business was acquired by eBay Classifieds Group. And here we are in 2022. And it's been uh, acquired uh, again after it was. Uh, pushed over to uh, out of intergroup. So there's a lot of trading going on in, in the space uh, of this business for, for, some, for some reason. But look, it looks like a pretty good time for the Market Herald to, to be getting involved. Uh, and like I say, no, no apparent end in sight. Uh, one quick stat just to sort of back that up. Listings for used car vehicles uh, for July up 24% year on year, and that's statistics from Cox or Automotive it, itself. The average used car price from dealers is now at $40,000. Uh, so, you know, big numbers and a lot of business. So there's a lot going on uh, in classifieds for motor vehicles, but just in classifieds itself, Tim, there's, there's definitely a lot going on. We've seen Seven get into bed with uh, Anthony Catalano for real estate. Yeah, that was something which came out towards the end of last week. Uh, I thought the timing was interesting because it could easily have been included in Seven West Media's results announcement, but they actually almost deliberately seemed to wait until that was out of the way. So Seven West Media taking, I think, is probably a small state. They haven't said exactly how much in what's the, the newly named View Media Group. So that will include Real Estate View. So this is Anthony Catalano's play. He's the, 
I guess he's almost a media mogul these days. We can probably call him that. Uh, Co-owner of ACM, Australian Community Media, um, but also the person who helped build and float domain out of Fairfax. So he knows the real estate space. So this this alignment of seven makes sense because nine is aligned with domain. Uh, News Corp is aligned with um, REA Media. So you can see why you know seven would uh, align with the other one. And then, of course, the interesting question with View is, given its strength in the regions, could it become a player in classifieds other than just real estate? Could it do it in cars or jobs or whatever? Um, now, I think the, 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 the you know the prevailing view is classifieds. There's often only one winner. You know, in the same way that you know. Um, if you ask people two or three years back, they'd have said Seek was the one place to go. Although, of course, now LinkedIn is sneaking in. So, you know, the pendulum does does definitely swing around. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting move. It's kind of classified to the non-sexy bit, but um, there's an awful lot happening there. The non-sexy bit, but a, a large area of money uh, there. So... Let's uh, see what happens next, but I'll tell you what's going to happen next on the podcast. A big week in media ahead. Unmade. So, lots going on this week. Uh, Where should we start, Tim? Maybe the AFL. Let's keep going on the AFL. Yeah, look, that's probably as good a place to start as anyway, because we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know we talk about it every single week, <laughs> but we really do seem to be getting close now. Well, if they did a deal, we wouldn't have to. Yeah, look, there was some speculation over the weekend that there could be an announcement as early as today. So, you know, I'm slightly nervous at the moment I pack up my microphone and get on the plane. I'm in the air when the announcement gets made. Um, uh, w- one of the pieces of reporting is... Um, the, the complexities involving Seven and Foxtel, who are, they're not quite co-bidding because they're bidding separately, but effectively it would be Seven having the free-to-air rights and Foxtel having the um, subscription TV rights. So we already know there's been some resolution around potentially Seven, if their bid succeeds, getting more of the streaming rights that it's had previously because it didn't have them, which obviously, you know, in the landscape we've got now isn't really tenable. Um, One of the the pieces of reporting from um, the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age yesterday afternoon suggests that what we might see is more of the seven games actually aired on a delay um, of two hours. So they go out live on Foxtel and then seven gets them on a two-hour delay, which um, I must admit I... I think I look look maybe look at live sports slightly differently to you because I know that you watch Grand Prix on a delay. And to me, even if I don't know the result, I somehow know when it's on a delay and it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah. But um, you, you, you find a way of living with it, don't you? Yeah, but it's out of necessity. I think I'm actually kind of with you. If it was during the, the evening or the afternoon, there's no way I'd be able to do that. I'm talking about only American, South American Grand Prix, which are on at 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And so I'll wake up at, at 5 or 6 and watch them on a, a slight delay. I don't like it, but it's yeah out of necessity to my, my sleeping patterns. 
Yeah, certainly it strikes me that, you know, they wouldn't rate as well if they're on a delay because, you know, it's so hard not to find out the results these days, isn't it? Absolutely. You can't, you literally can't open any social media or your, or your, you know, internet browser. Uh, but we should, um, we should get going before we get down that rabbit hole of AFL again, because your specialty topic, Tim, in my humble opinion, is radio. And on Tuesday, we are going to get the next radio ratings. We are. So yes, there, as, a, as you say, there's a lot going on this week. So one of them is Survey 5 will we'll, 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 we'll drop tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, so there are eight surveys a year. So Survey 5 um, covers, uh, well, I, I, I guess it means we've got past the halfway point effectively. So um, it, it covers two periods of time. So from May the 22nd through to June the 25th, and then from July the 10th to August the 13th. So those were the dates that there were diaries out in the market. Um, and I guess we're just at that important period in the year where um, this is when program controllers start making up their mind about next year and who is the, you know where where deals are expiring who they want to renew um you know who um is not going to get renewed so you've got the evidence of how the year is looking by this point you can't really think about settling so so i think you know this survey 5 and survey 6 are probably the most important each year in terms of the decisions about the next year. So, um, so yeah, so I think we're going to get some um, important signals. Uh, and speaking of important signals, it's uh, likely we might get a few more of them uh, this week as well because we are in the midst of results seasons and that's going to continue. Yeah, so a couple of big ones. So today, Southern Cross or Stereo, um, their results drop. Um, now, of course... Uh, they're the owners of the two major um, radio networks of the Triple M network and then the hit network, which is, you know, Fox in Melbourne and Today in Sydney and so on. Um, so that uh, is probably a three-speed company, really, because you've got the radio arm, which, you know, is, is I, I, I guess, where all eyes are on. You've got the fast-growing listener arm, um, and we had some hints um, at the listener event recently um, from CEO Grant Blackley that he's hoping that listener could become an international brand, and that's something that the SCA board will talk about in October, and that would probably take some investment as well. And then you've got the TV arm, which um, it feels like the SCA is sort of out of love with. So that's the regional TV stations, mostly affiliated to 10 um but equally that's not where SCA's strategy sits so there could be a bit more in the uh, investor call on that one which was uh, scheduled for 9 30 a.m um and then later in the week we have one of the other big ones which is nine so that's on thursday um and i think one of the numbers that i'll definitely be looking out for then is how stan is doing in terms of paying subscribers because obviously that's a big part of um, you know the, the the calculation of nines overall value. Um, we probably have a pretty good idea of of the sort of revenue being written from TV because it's so well monitored by Standard Media Index, and we already know that um, 
Seven is claiming about, if I remember rightly, 38% of the metro advertising revenue and 39% nationally because it did better in the regions. My guess is almost certainly nine will beat that 38% number, Um, you know, because it, although seven will often win on total people. Uh, nine does a bit better than twenty five fifty four, which is where the advertisers are. Uh, so all of that will unfold uh, on Thursday. So yeah, lots to look out for. Coming up next, big money for social media managers. Unmade. So a story in the Daily Mail over the weekend caught my eye, Demo. Um, entry level social media managers jobs. Um, starting in the six figures. Um, this, this was a recruitment survey. Um, what does that say about the communication industry's talent shortage? I think it says a lot about a lot, frankly, Tim, not just the, the talent shortage, but six figures. Let, let's dive into that a bit and let's do it quickly because these are eye-watering and somewhat depressing to me. But uh, anyway, good on you if, if you're a social media manager. According to Robert Half's 2022 salary guide, and as you say, uh, uh, HR um, business. Uh, $102,000 in Sydney is uh, the entry or the uh, the typical uh, en- entry salary for a social media manager. And now that goes up, of course. Uh, with more experience, you're likely to earn a median salary of $132,000, rising to $143,000 for those with extensive prior experience in the position. Um they are very significant salaries. So I think there's a few things going on there. Number one, to your point, there's a talent shortage, clearly. And so uh, businesses are being forced to pay uh, above the odds for a range of different uh, positions. And this is one of those positions which is quite forward-facing for a brand. So uh, perhaps that's what's led to, to uh, I guess, a more significant uh, growth here. But it also probably suggests that businesses are paying more and more because they realize or or believe that there's a significant importance to their brand's footprint in social media, uh, which I find very interesting. And I'm sure you've got a few thoughts about that, Tim. Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose it is. It's it's supply and demand, isn't it? And, you know, clearly that's A, a growing area and B, you know, we you know, we we have this talent shortage everywhere, so that that's sort of interesting. And then, again, the same um, Daily Mail Australia article also suggests that PR managers, public relation managers, um, uh, describes of having that income. And I think again, it means at the entry level of uh, one hundred and seven thousand. Um, in the and the, and the other thing to bear in mind is this was the twenty nineteen to twenty financial year, so this was even before. COVID really kicked in. I mean, obviously it covered the end of sort of, you know, the, the, the end of that period covered the start of COVID, but um, it'll be fascinating to know where we've got to on those numbers now. Yeah, absolutely. And just for a little bit of context uh, there, uh, that entry level salary is about the same as an accountant, uh, which may mean more to, to others than it does to some. But I think one important point as well is the fact that uh, the Australian Bureau of Statistics data is showing that there's actually been a cut 
uh, in um, real wages, uh, despite unemployment in, in July falling uh, to 3.4%. So, look, it's not all great news, but if you're a social media professional, then it probably is great news. Well, that is where we should leave it today. We would love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And I'll be back tomorrow with Tuesday to this time tackling health insurance. We've seen a lot about the queues in ER and hospitals around the country at the moment. Have the health insurance brands been using that as a way to attract more customers at the moment? What have they been doing with their... Uh, advertising strategies will be looking at the statistics tomorrow in choose data and that will be behind the paywall so don't forget if you do want to support unmade you can become a paying member go to unmade.media to find out how today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of abe's audio see you next time total pip unmade podcast edit by abe's audio